0: I mentioned we're going to talk about James chapter 5. I know you guys have heard sermons from James 5 before. I know you've probably read it many times before. But I want you to use your imagination with me and pretend that this is your first time you've ever heard it, okay? Because all of us have experienced pain before. We've all prayed what we felt like was the prayer of faith or the prayer of faith, and we didn't necessarily see the results that you were believing God for at certain times in your life. It caused you heartache and pain. It caused you maybe be offended with some of these scriptures or offended with God. And you know that's common. It is common, but it doesn't mean we have to stay there. We have to we have to live there. We're gonna press past those places. So, today I'm gonna. To, I want you to pretend like this is the first time you've ever heard these verses in your life. Can you do it? You're like, wow. Because when you really read what the word is saying here, and you take the word of God at face value, there's nothing left to say but wow. Because this is absolutely amazing. The promises in this just this one section of scripture are absolutely astounding. They're amazing. So we're going to start reading this today. I'm going to go back over it, verse by verse, and break stuff down, show you some things, and there's a lot of things in these 5, 6 verses that can really meet to you. And I believe as you receive them, we're going to see miracles happen in the room today because signs follow the preaching of the Word. Amen. God said that. Signs follow the preaching of the word. If you preach the word like it says to you, don't add to it, you don't take away from, it, just as it is. Not through our hurts, pains, or experiences, good or bad, but just as the word says it. Let the word preach itself. Signs will follow the preaching of the word. I might have to say it five more times so I get it better. Amen. Like, come on, are you here? Because I'm telling you, this is this. I'm going to call it this is your launching ceremony today for your ministry. Because this is your commission. This is not the pastor's commission. This does mention elders in it, but there's other scriptures we'll look at too to talk about the believer's ministry. The believer's ministry is to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. That is your gift, your calling by God, no matter how old you are in Christ, if it's a child or you're 80, like Mitzi mentioned, uh, you are called by God to represent the kingdom of God everywhere you go. And so I'm going to call this a commissioning ceremony service and believe God you be launched into what you were born to do. You were born to, the reason why you are alive on this planet is to, is like Jesus, is to destroy the works of the enemy. And as long as we believe that the works of the enemy are actually the works of God, how are you going to resist the devil so he'll flee from you? If you think it's God the one that's actually making people sick, to teach them some kind of twisted lesson. Guys, that is a perversion of the gospel. It's a perversion of why Jesus came. It is not kingdom. There is no sickness in heaven. There is no sickness anywhere Jesus went. There was no sickness in the Garden of Eden. His will was perfectly set and established. Everywhere he was, was health, wholeness, and healing. And that's what he has for you. That's what he has for you. Amen? And we take those things by faith. So let me read this to you. James 5, 13 through 18. They'll be on the screen for you. It says, one of you in trouble, he should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. You know, growing up, people used to tell me, that's the medicine. Oh, that irritates me. How you could twist and pervert the gospel like that. It clearly says here the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and they say, "Well, oh, that's the medicine." Well, guess what? I've never had that kind of medicine before because it comes with some bad side effects. This medicine I've tried is <laughs> some kind of stuff. The prayer offered in faith will save the sick. Let's not put the gospel the gospel for dummies and dumb down the word to bring it down to humanistic level. We need to raise our faith up to what does the word say? What did God's word say? And this is what He said. Amen. And no one has the right to change it. I don't care how many PhDs they have by their name. They do not have the right to change the word of God. Verse 15. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man or woman is powerful and effective. Meaning it works. It gets the job done. It does what it's supposed to do. Amen? 17. Elijah was a man just like us. He prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. Amen. This is our main text for the day. I'm going to, like I said, go back over verse by verse, point some things out, and showing you what God is saying to us from, this, from His Word. Amen. I'm not going to dumb it down. I'm not going to water it down. I'm not going to change it. I'm going to bring it. I'm just going to tell you, okay? And I want you to receive it. You might feel like you're getting fed with a fire hose or something. I know I do when Bill Johnson's sharing stuff sometimes. But you need to receive the word because it's what will save you. It's the word that saves you. It's the word that transforms your mind, your heart, your bodies. It's the word of God that does the, that's active and effective in our lives when we believe it. Amen. So don't listen to anybody that tells you this is not for today. That is straight from hell. They heard the devil say that. They didn't hear Jesus say that because Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I am the Lord, your healer. I am Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, your healer, your healer. He's not the great I was. He's the great I am. And he's still the same today. Amen? So if you're going through something, he is your healer. Amen? Amen? He can't be the healer for somebody. He has to be the healer for you, just like the Savior. He can't be the Savior for somebody. He has to be your Savior. He has to become personal, your personal Passover lamb. It's your, your Savior, amen? So it starts off by saying, is any one of you in trouble, whether this trouble is caused by something dumb that you did or something caused by just life experiences, whatever happened, if you're in trouble, you should pray, Okay. Uh, here, James is trying to show us the need for prayer when you're in trouble. Okay? The King James Version uses the word afflicted. In the original Greek language, means, it means to suffer, to endure evil hardships or troubles, to be afflicted, and to suffer ill treatment. And historically, historically, this word is often used in connection to hardships during military service. Tough battles. You're in, you're in a hardship, an affliction, some kind of battle, some kind of fight to your faith. It's, it's ongoing. It's a struggle. And it's, he's teaching us we need to pray. Because prayer is the only thing that's going to shift things. Prayer is the only thing that's going to shift our nation, shift this globe. You're going to shift the church, wake up the church, shift our spirits, wake us up from selfishness and selfish ambition and all this stuff, waking us up. It's the only thing that's going to change this world is our prayers. And God... Uh, uh, hearing our prayers and and answering them. Next, he says, is anyone happy? They should sing songs of praise. Now, whether these are songs you know, someone heard this morning, you may have known, you may not have known them, or these are songs you're making up yourself. When you're happy, you feel happy, you need to sing some songs of praise. And sometimes when you don't feel happy, you need to sing some songs of praise anyway in faith until you get a little happy. Okay, stir yourself up and don't just mope and grope like, oh, woe is me. That's not going to get you anywhere feeling sorry for yourself. Get out the Word of God. Get out your favorite songs, your worship tunes. Crank them up on your, your earpods or whatever you got going on, headphones, listening in your car, and worship Jesus. It will shift the atmosphere in your house, in your home. That You know, the, the pig pen has the little cloud all over he goes of stinking dirt because the kid never took a shower in his life. And uh, that's what it looks like in the spirit realm when you are listening to the devil. You have this pig pen stench, stink of darkness hovering around you while the devil's trying to put this stuff on you of you're no good, you're worthless, you're whatever. But I'll tell you what gets rid of that. He's giving you the garment of praise against that spirit of heaviness. And you put your praise on, that stuff leaves your house, it leaves your car, leaves your life. You might be afraid. Well, what's it going to look like tomorrow? What's it going to look like three years from now, five years from now? Who cares? Worship Jesus. Amen. He, took, he will take care of you before he take care of you again. He is the same. He will take care of you. Amen. The worst thing's going to happen in your life is you're going to die and go to heaven. Whoa, well, that's a pretty good deal, right? We can't lose for winning. I mean, we're going to win no matter what, amen? So we got to put our praise on in your house, okay, in your house, in your car, in your shower, wherever yours. put your praise on if you're happy or not happy and sing songs. And some of you need to write these songs down because some of you are anointed for songwriting and we need to sing them as a body. We need to get some of our own songs coming to this house too that not just ones that other people write that are awesome worship leaders and writers, but there's writers in this house and we need to write those songs down because they're anointed by God and they're going to shift things and we sing the, the song over our region. The song God's declaring over our area, our region, our counties. We hear from heaven what he's saying and sing those songs over this place. Something will shift in the atmosphere. Amen. Are you here? All right, verse 14. Is any one of you sick... He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. In the same way we're instructed to pray when we're in trouble, we're instructed to sing songs when we're happy. we're instructed to call the elders to come to your home or come in the hospital, or come wherever you are, anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered up in faith will make the sick person well. Remember, it's the first time you've ever heard it. Right? First time you've ever heard it. Don't think about this or that, what, just what God said for now, okay? You might have questions of what ifs and and buts and stuff. We, we, we can address those another time, but for now, I'm just going to bring the word of faith for you to believe because what God said, amen. okay? They all had questions for Jesus for things. How can this be? How can I be born again? I, am I supposed to go back into my mother's womb a second time? How can this be? We have questions sometimes, but we still have to believe the word, yeah. amen? So in our church, we have, uh, we have elders here. Gerald Arthur is an elder. Cox over here is an elder, uh, Pat Daniels, Terry Edwards, and Mark who's nursery, and, uh, and myself are elders here, but the, this ministry is not limited to the elders of this church, we have lots of ordained and godly deacons here, and also the ministry is included for the believers ministry, the believers ministry, let me show you this in Mark 16, you know some people want to take this ver- these verses out of the Bible. Even in your small notes of some of your Bibles, this wasn't in some manuscripts. It's right, it wasn't. But in the most reliable ones, it was, and that's why it's included in our Bible. All right, Mark 16, 17 through 18. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick and they will recover. Why do they recover? Because the anointed one and his anointing lives on the inside of you. And when you touch them in Jesus' name, you're releasing the same virtue that Jesus had in his hands, the same virtue he had in his clothing, the same virtue he had on him is going to be released through you when we do it in faith. Amen? Amen. 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 James 5, again, mentions elders praying for the sick. And that's, that's definitely an important part of their ministry. But here Mark says that believers can also lay hands on the sick and have them recovered. Now, we need to be doing that. Amen. COVID uh, made it so we're not supposed to touch each other anymore. We can't talk, can't hug, can't t- touch each other anymore. We may distance between us and stuff. When we have the answer in these earthen vessels, the answer to COVID, the answer to sickness, to cancer, to disease, to tumors, to everything, the answers to pain. We have the answers to everything in the kingdom, and that kingdom is in us. And we can't release it. Sometimes you can't release it unless you lay hands on Sometimes you can speak it with a word like Jesus did. Other times you can send them a text message. You can do all kinds of ways, but there's other times it says you have to lay hands on the sick and they will recover. I heard a story once of a, I think it was um, oh, the missionary in the really wild one in Mexico. Um, he's been at the bridge a few times. Um, anyway, yes, thank you, David Hogan. That he touched a leper one time and his hand sunk into that guy's rotten skin up to his wrist. And he was freaking out because he heard God say, Touch that man. He's like, is that really you, God? <laughs> you really want me? To, that guy's skin is like, ooh, it's got some bugs in there and stuff. Up to here, uh, prayed for him, left, went home, found some Javex and stuff, whatever, bleached his hand, clean, cleaned himself up real good. Anyway, um, he met that man, I think it was a year or two later. This guy didn't have a nose, part of his ear was gone, I and mean, it was really a rough situation for this guy. He saw him again a long time later, and the guy came up to him and said, you remember praying for me? He said, "I'm sure. I'm sorry. I don't." He goes, "I was a leper. You prayed for, in whatever city it was, and look what God did to my skin." Guys, it's not in your soul. It's in your spirit. It's Christ in you. hope of glory you're releasing the spirit of god through your hands through your words through your love it's coming out of you and into them and that's what heals them it's not because you're good enough or you have every verse of the bible memorized because you're the best preacher it's the spirit of god it's not by your might it's not by anyone else's power but by the spirit of the living god that lives on in the inside of you amen so his ministry is for us the end of verse 14 says anoint him with oil in the name of the lord so someone calls you to you have you pray for them, you anoint them in the name of the Lord. But what does that mean, anoint them in the name of the Lord? Well, let me show you a few of the verses that mention in the name of the Lord. Proverbs 18.10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and are safe. Amen. You guys love that verse? The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's not this weak little building, this little shed. It's a strong, mighty fortress. The name of the Lord and the righteous run into it and are safe. Matthew 18.20 It says, for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there in the midst of them. We're gathered together in the name of Jesus, he's here. Okay? Now, I know he promises he's with you always even the end of the earth, but also this verse is another promise. It's promising his manifest presence is with us when we are gathered together in his name. We are gathered together today in the name of Jesus, for his presence for His praise, for the for, uh, edifying of each other, and through the Word of God, we are gathered in His name. Amen. And in John sixteen twenty four, it says, Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask, and you will receive, that your joy may be full. Amen. Jesus has given you power of attorney to use His name. You are His ambassadors, you are His representatives, and everywhere we go, it should look like where He went. Everywhere he walked, it should look, we walk, should look like where he walked. Everywhere, it's, that is his goal. Okay? His goal is to get the kingdom in us, in us so rich, so deep that everywhere we go, it just overflows out of us. We're not so focused on ourselves and how my hair looks and how my clothes look and, oh, God, I'm wrinkled or whatever, but we're focused. who's around me? Who's in me? Who does God want me to touch? Who, who, who's wanting me to lay my hand? Who do you want me to pray for, God? Who do you want me to prophesy over? You know, the more you ask, God these questions the more people who give you eyes to see that are right beside you right walking past you in a store all around you but we can be so self-absorbed with our to-do lists and our grocery lists and our jobs and they're all things we have to do we get so absorbed in those things we're not listening to the spirit of God and his prompting to say hey that person just said this morning that if one person would offer to pray for me I'll believe in you Jesus if one person would even acknowledge I'm even alive I, I would I would give my life to you Jesus I've been to church. They don't welcome me there. I don't dress right. I don't look right. I don't smell right. I don't fit in. I've I've tried the church thing. I've tried this thing. If you get one person to acknowledge me, I might actually believe. I think Debbie told me this story. It's a crazy story, but this guy was in a restaurant, if I remember this right, and God said, I want you to do something. He's like, what do you want me to do? He goes, I want you to do a handstand against the wall, like on your head, like a head, it's on your head, against the wall, and rub your belly and sing, uh, like, Jesus Loves Me or something like that. And he goes, this can't be God. Like, it was in a public restaurant. He goes, this cannot be God. He goes, you need to do it, and do it now. Like, quick, do it. So he goes over against the wall, does his hand. I, I, he, God would have had to ask me to do something else. But anybody, The guy went over, because I don't think I could do it, but he's doing this headstand with his hands balancing with one, I guess, and rubbing his belly with the other one and singing, Jesus Loves Me. This person walked in the restaurant, fell on their face, and started weeping and sobbing and crying, because they had just said before they walked in, this, in the restaurant, if you're a real God... If you're a real God, I want you to show, have somebody in this place, stand on their head, rubbing their belly and singing, Jesus love me, then I'll believe that you really love me and care for me. He walked in, saw that, and fell on his face and worshiped God. Yes, yes, yes. Guys, we are called to be peculiar people. He might ask you to do something that's not logical, it doesn't make sense, but it's anointed when you do what he asks you to do. Amen. So we're gathered together in his name. We're acting as his representatives. His ambassadors to represent the kingdom of God, what it looks like everywhere we go, that's what our life should look like. Now, it doesn't right now, some of us, most of us, probably all of us, I would say, at all the time. But guys, this is God's heart. And as we press into these things, things will shift more and more and more. His kingdom knows no end, it's ever increasing kingdom. We're being transformed from glory to glory. It's a greater increase in glory. We're going to see these things. We're going to have to start walking in them and acting on them and asking God, what do you want me to do? I don't care if you pray for someone a hundred times. I don't care if you pray for someone two times or zero times. We have to start today with, who do you want me to pray for, God? And not worry about what it's going to make us look like if they're healed or not healed. It has to be about them. It has to be about Jesus. It has to be about love. Amen? So... When we do something in His name, we are representing Him. Now, verse 15, it says, The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him or her up. Now, I'm looking for mites. I'm looking for maybes. I'm looking for sometimes. And I don't see any. Did you see any? The, this is verse 15 if you want to put on the screen for them, just so they can see. It says, The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. Remember the first time you heard it. Don't go back to, what if, oh, and all that, no, no. Just stay in faith. What did he say? The prayer offered in faith will save, it's the word sozo, well, will save the sick, is in the King James Version it says save the sick, or make well. It's the word sozo, saved, healed, and delivered. The prayer offered in faith will save them, will heal them. So what saves them? The prayer offered in faith. So again, there's no maybes, there's no mites, there's no sometimes, there's no I hope so, uh, I hope so, knock on wood, there's none of that kind of superstitious stuff. This is a promise from the Word of God for Scripture for your health. Amen. It's in the Old Testament too. What's Exodus 15, 26 if, say? If, I'll put none of these diseases on you, I put it on the Egyptians. If you follow, listen to the voice of the Lord your God and obey his Scriptures, none of these diseases will come upon you that came upon the Egyptians. He didn't just promise them healing. There, he promised them divine health. Come on, somebody, is it in the word or not? Because yes. hey, someday we might. Did my battery die, or did it just me? Okay, uh, someday we're gonna we're gonna be there. Be a need for people to actually stand in faith and believe God for healing. That's why we see more. We go to you know Brazil and India and. Ugandan place, we see more healings because they're not so codependent on all these other things. It's, it's, med- it's not medicine, doctor, then God. It's God or death. It's God, and there is no plan B. It's, it's God only. There is no hospital care for them. There's no, uh, and I'm not against doctors, I'm not saying that, but they, it's, they are solely committed because they have to be to the word only. And you see so many miracles there. But we need to see, it's a guaranteed promise of scripture for healing. Amen? Amen. 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 It is. I don't see any other way you can read it. I don't, without well, watering it down or changing it, it is a guaranteed word in the Bible. So, who was this written to? It was written to the church, right? The world's not going to be able to call the elders to come pray for them, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. They don't even know who the elders are. They don't even know where the church is or what time they meet. They don't, they're not going to church. It is written to the church. But also, the believers' ministry can cover some things too. That they can pray for people. But it's also written to anyone. It said, to anyone. Are you an anyone? Yes. Well, guess what? Then this applies to you. Is any one of you sick? Is anyone? That's not asked in many churches, is it? It's more like, how many of you are? How many do we have sick today? How many more do we have? And, you know, the first revelation I ever received, this is probably 25 years ago, I think it was 96, um, of healing I ever received was from this, these verses, I was reading it, and I just kept focusing on anyone, 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 anyone. And can you put my p- picture up there for me? You guys, this is taken out of the, in my Bible. I wrote this down. Hopefully you can read it. But i was just studying that anyone. It says, after that anyone is healed, there will be no one left sick. The will of God is for everyone to be whole. If anyone that James is talking to, after they receive the prayer offered in faith that saves the sick, the Lord will raise them up. After that, anyone has made whole, who's left sick? Right? I, come on, guys. Come on. Let's turn off religion and our experiences. What did he say? It's, it's clearly showing the will of God for your health. After that, anyone is prayed for that was sick, and after they, they received prayer, after they were with oil, after they were healed, who is left to be sick? No one. No one. So if no one's left sick, then what is the will of God for your health? Amen. You guys are, come on. Come on, am I in a Presbyterian church here or what? Come on. Come on. on, What does it say? Anyone. All right? So after the anyone is healed, there's no one left sick, and we're healthy. Clearly showing, this this is written by James, right? Who are the three that went with Jesus everywhere he went? It's Peter, James, and John. Okay, he knows Jesus. He's right from the heart of God here. He's written by the Holy Spirit. Clearly this shows the will of God is for us to be healthy. Amen? Okay. So the end of verse 15 says, "If He has sinned, he, if He is sinned, He will be forgiven. So this verse makes a connection between sickness and sin. Now it doesn't mean that every time you get sick, it's because of sin because it says, if you sinned." right? Since there's an if there, it doesn't mean it's every time, but it is sometimes something that happens. And Jesus also made this connection in Mark 2, when they had the lame man hadn't walked before, and they ripped the roof off the house. Some people say that was actually Jesus' house, we don't know for sure, but ripped the roof off the house and lowered this man down and prayed for him. Remember what Jesus said to him? He said, be of good cheer, son, your sins are forgiven you. And they're like, who does this guy think he is that is saying he's forgiven sins? Only God can do that, and Jesus, goes, and Jesus, knowing their thoughts, imagine being around Him. Like you think someone wrong thing, like mm, don't think that. Like <laughs> knowing their thoughts, He says to them. Uh, I'll start verse seven. Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately, when Jesus perceived in His spirit that they responded thus within themselves, He said to them, "Why do you reason about these things in your hearts?" Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed, and walk? But that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he arose, took up the bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we never saw anything like this in our lifetime. We have never seen anything like this before. Here, Jesus clearly made a connection between sickness and and health and sin and and forgiveness. He made this connection here. So after, he said, what's easier to say? Your sins are forgiven or get up? To Jesus, there's no difference. It's all connected. It's all interrelated, okay? So uh, verse 15, again, says, The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. And verse 15 tells us that some sicknesses are caused by sin, but not all of them. Some are, but not all of them. So there are some sicknesses that are a direct uh, result of sin. For example, sleeping around, having sex outside of marriage. When people have sex outside of marriage, they're open to sexually transmitted diseases. This is a direct result of sin, of things we're not supposed to do if people get into fear anxiety and stress this is probably the number one thing in our country and in probably the world that causes sickness and disease i heard numbers as high as 85% of all sickness and disease have some kind of relation to to stress anxiety fear and all that kind of stuff and multiple times throughout the bible some say 365 times jesus said do not fear so if we are fearing and he says not to fear, I'd say that can fall in the category of sin, even though it's like I said, sometimes socially acceptable. God doesn't want you to fear. He wants you to trust. He wants you to trust. We don't have control over stuff. We don't have control over what someone else does. We hardly some days have control over what we do, at least it feels that way. And our our days sometimes get Uh, taken from us by different things that happen. We're running to do these different things. But we can still trust God and not live in fear. Fear and anxiety is not your friend. It actually does bad for your body. So um, the verse previously said that he will be made well, the Lord will raise him up. So after that person is anointed with oil and receives prayer from the elders, the person will be healed, but he'd also be forgiven if he had sinned. If there wasn't sin there, he didn't need to be forgiven. But if there was, he... He, uh, he, he's forgiven. Now there's one more step here in the, the next verse, verse 16. Therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. It's carrying on for the previous verse. So verse 16 instructs us to confess our sins one to another so that you may be healed. So, there's actually some sicknesses, some diseases you'll never be healed from unless you confess some sins that are connected to them. And you might not know what sins are connected to them. You might have to go to the Holy Spirit and ask Him, What do you need me to confess? And this isn't a confession you go tell all over town, like, Hey, guess what I did? And whatever, you know, that's, that's not wisdom and that's not God. It's in context, the elders came to your house to pray for you. And as they're there, if there's anything, if there's any sin that you committed, You confess your sin, then they anoint you with oil in the name of the Lord, then they pray the prayer of faith, and then you get healed. But not all sickness is a result of sin, but oftentimes, and a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times it definitely can be. And it might not be a sin that you're thinking of. It might be something totally different. But God knows. So there are some sicknesses that are caused by sin. And verse 16 says we need to confess them to God. Uh, Confess them not to God, because He already knows our sins. It says confess them one to another. One to another. And again, find a trusted person that's not going to blab your business all over town. Okay, It would be, be foolish to confess to somebody that you know hasn't been faithful with a little secret. They're probably not going to be faithful with this. Guess what they told me? Oh my goodness, you will never believe what so-and-so did. Uh, that's, that's They don't deserve to have you pray for them. They can't hold their tongue. They can't hold their mouth. They don't deserve to have the honor to have you come and share your stuff and have them pray for you. If you can't, you, can, you have to hold it. You can't tell people that stuff. You can give it to God, but you can't tell people someone else's story like that. So the context shows the person, they're confessing their sins uh, to a trusted person, an elder or someone that's reliable in the church, a mature Christian, and then uh, anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord, pray the prayer to offer them faith, and it says the Lord will raise them up. The Lord will heal them. You know, uh, when I was in, uh, well, let me read this verse first. I'll tell you this story. Matthew five twenty three and 24 This is a connection to confession of sins. Therefore, if you bring your gift to the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar, go your way, first be reconciled to your brother, then come and offer your gift. It's basically the same kind of a teaching. If you're giving your offering to the Lord whatever God's asking you to give, but you know there's something wrong between you and one of your brothers in the church, or your family member, someone, you know there's something wrong, there's something you can do about it to fix it, forget the gift for now. Take care of it. God wants you to reconcile family relationships. When it's possible, when it's healthy, if the person's dangerous, they're you know violent kind of a person, it probably can't be, at least in person, we you can reconcile it from a distance in your own heart and forgive them. But when it's safe and, it's a, and it can be done right, you need to do everything you can in your power to reconcile those relationships. Because he said, don't even bring that gift yet. Make this right first, so there's things we need to do, so uh again, james five sixteen says, therefore confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. Um, let me tell you a couple of stories here. I remember it was the night before my brother was married, so I think it was like he was ninety two and uh I was not happy about him getting married, to be honest i was I think I was twenty, I think, and he was twenty one or something like that. And they were gonna be living in Boston after, which is about seven, eight hours away from where we were, were living in Canada. And me and him were just really, really close. And we still are, but we were close physically and you know, heart to heart then. And he did everything together, shared the same clothes, and we just we just did everything together all the time. And when he told me he was getting married, I was like ticked. I'm like, are we gonna live here? Like down the road? No, we're gonna live in Boston area. Like, what? And I, like, I went from seeing him every day, doing all this stuff together, to hardly ever seeing him. And it was the night before the wedding, and I didn't really realize how much this was starting to bottle up inside of me and not be happy. And I, I was kind of taken out on her, you know, because I can't get mad at him. He's my brother, so I have to get mad at her, even though she didn't do anything. But uh, anyway, so that night, we're having our bachelor party. We're having fun. We're having pizza, and we're uh, just telling old stories and laughing, hanging out with each other. And we were getting ready to play basketball in the, in the gym there at the church, and my stomach just started feeling bad and I didn't know why. I'm like, what is going on? I, I, I don't think I eat that much. I, feel, I was feeling fine a minute ago. I am feeling sick. And as I got closer time playing basketball, and I love playing basketball. I just used to play all the time. I was like, I don't think I can play. I feel awful. And so I went out to my dad's car and I got in the car and shut the door. Started praying. And I'm like, God, why am I feeling this way? Because you need to go to Stephanie and ask you to forgive her for holding a grudge against her for, for stealing your brother from you. And I'm like, I mean, I heard it so clearly. I mean, it was like almost brought tears to my eyes because I never made the connections of how upset I really was about this. Even though she's great for him, she definitely, he, she def, he definitely needed a girl like her. Let me just say that. <laughs> he, he did. She was a savior for him in that way. But uh, I went to her and him, told him what I was feeling, asked her to forgive me for having this grudge in my heart. didn't even know it. And instantly I felt better, just instantly. And I was able to go out and play basketball with my friends and hang out. And Another time... Back in Bible College, we, were tra- we had this college choir that traveled and sang from city to city, and they were in New York, and I was there in a close, I was there to see Holly basically, and she was in the choir. Anyway, and uh, I heard this guy was not feeling good as part of the choir, so I said, let me go find where he's at. So I went and found him, and I read these verses, James 5 to him, and this guy was older than me, he was already married, had children, and I said, do you have any, I got the verse 16, I said, do you have any sin that you need to confess? I was kind of intimidated to do that because this guy's older than me, like I said, married with kids and everything. And he goes, actually, I do. And I was like, oh, I was <laughs> kind of hoping the answer was no, but because uh, I was like, I don't know what to do with this. But anyway, he told me how late at night after his wife goes to bed, uh, he sometimes watches shows that he shouldn't watch, that has sexual perverted kind of stuff, sometimes nudity in it and things like that. And he knew he wasn't supposed to be doing it, but he was, and he felt bad, and, and he confesses to me. And so he confessed it, and then we prayed for him. I blessed him. I went upstairs, and I was definitely shocked. One, he would tell me this being younger than him, but two, he was doing that because I looked up to him. I had no idea he had that kind of a struggle or battle. But, you know, often we have these battles and struggles like this nature. You don't want to tell somebody because you're afraid how they're going to look at you, how they're going to judge you or whatever. And that's the very thing you need to do. You need to tell somebody. Not the person who's going to blab it, but the person who will pray for you and believe God for you to get delivered from that stuff because it's demonic. It's demonic. Pornography and looking at those things is inspired by the devil. There's spiritual grass strongholds involved in that. It is not ever coming from God. And it's not just a, it's not just a small thing. It's an addiction. It's a spirit of, per, of perversion sometimes, too. So I went upstairs anyway, back to the service, and the choir um, started coming in one at a time, and there was that guy came in the line. He was feeling, feeling fine after that. So there are some sicknesses that there is no healing for until after you confess your sin. But not every sickness is a result of sin. So there's a balance there. So um, verse 16 says, The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. And this is where sometimes people miss it. They think, well, I'm not righteous. Because the Bible says, no one's righteous, not even one. And that is true. No one's righteous, not even one. That's not what your soul realm, your flesh, earning earning something by earning or achieving something through your own good works, behavior, and stuff like that. But there is a righteousness that can be, can be received. And that's a gift from Jesus. Let me show you that in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.21. For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteous of God in him. Yeah. Well, did Jesus become sin? Yes, he did. He became sin, then we become righteous when we put our faith in him. So this isn't something you can achieve by your good works. This is something to be received by faith in what Jesus did for you. So when you, res- when you understand that, that you are the righteous of God in Him, you need to know that your prayers are powerful and effective because Christ is in you. Are you guys tapping out? Are you here? Come on. You thinking about lunch? Come on, I'm telling you, this is the kind of stuff that will change your life. Your prayers are powerful and effective because you are the righteous of God through Christ. He became the very thing he hated. He became sin so you could be made righteous. So don't go around saying you're not righteous or you're, oh, it's me. No, that's garbage. You have been made the righteous of God because Jesus became sin for you so you could become righteous like him. He became sinful like you and me so we could become righteous like him. And He took that sin and left it in hell, and came, rose victoriously over death, hell, and the grave for you and me, so you can become righteous. So don't go walking around in false humility, saying you're not righteous, because you're basically saying my prayers are not powerful or effective. You know, and some don't believe that, and that's why they don't pray for people. They don't pray for people whether they're sick, whether it's whatever, or to get them saved, or they don't. They, don't, they just think, well, I can't do that. I'm, I'm not good enough. I'm not this enough. Guess what? You do not understand the gospel. I'm not trying to be rude to you, but I'm trying to give you a wake-up call. If you're not praying for people, you don't understand the gospel to the depth and the degree that God wants you to know it. He came to seek and to save that was lost. He came to destroy the works of the enemy. He came to set you free from sin, hell, and the grave. He came to destroy those works. And he, He does it through you and through me. Amen? I'm not trying to condemn anybody. I'm trying to wake us up to the reality of who we are in Christ, to walk in the things He has us to walk in. Amen? He became sin, so you be righteous. So if you're righteous, are you righteous? Yes. Amen. You are. And it's not prideful to say that. It's actually humble to say it, because Jesus did it for you. And it's actually His righteousness that you get to wear. It's His robe that you get to wear. It's His righteousness that covers your filthy rags and your stuff. So because you are righteous through Christ, your prayers are filled with power, and they're effective. They're filled with the anointed, dunamis power of God. And they're, so, see, it's the same thing. We're self-conscious, or are we Christ-conscious? Are we, I can't, or are we, I can do all things through Christ who lives in me? It, it, we have to get to that crossroad where we know who we are in Christ. I'm telling you, we need to do this. We need to, there's a call of God on our house, guys. There has been long before I was here that this place will be a house of healing. There's prophecies about uh, healing virtues flowing out of this place, going to the nations, and people coming here from all over the place for a healing well that's happening here of people getting healed, set free, and delivered. Happening here. And this isn't going to be because of me, it's be because of the Spirit of God and us. It's you are laying hands on the sick. You're the believers, you're the deacons, you're the elders, you're, you're the, you are the body of Christ. The body of Christ should look like Christ. And everywhere Christ went, He went on doing good and healing all that were oppressed by the devil because God was with Him. Acts 10.38. And that's what our life should look like. Amen. Yes. Now, again, no condemnation for those who are in Christ. I'm not condemning you, but I'm telling you, I just feel this stir, this commissioning, that now is the time. It's like this rattling of chains, or this something I'm hearing. I even bore my spirit. Laura. you wrote about something shifted on the 2nd of August, on your Facebook post. Something has shifted in the spirit realm, and it's time for the church to arise and not be to feel sorry for myself, church, not be, I'm not good enough, church. We are, There's only one church, and it's the body of Christ. Our church should look like Jesus. He is the head of this church. We are the body, and we should look like Him. His heart, His love, His service, His giving, His generosity, His faith, His every, we should look like Him. Amen. Now the word says, as He is, so are we in this world. It doesn't say, so am I. Okay? Even though... We are in our spirit realm like that. But the Bible says, as he is in this world, so are we. Collectively, we make up the body of Christ. And not, of course, just the people in this room, but the whole body of Christ. We are to look like him. If we're going to look like him, we have to do the things that he was doing. Yes. Amen. Amen. And you say, I can't do that. Well, guess what? You can't get saved either. <laughs> How can you get saved without faith in Jesus? How can you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit without faith in Jesus? There's not, there's not one prayer or anything you could ever do for God. It doesn't include some kind of faith. That's right. So it's the same thing. When we lay hands, it's faith in what we're releasing, not faith in who we are in ourselves. It's faith who is in us and what we're releasing through our hands when we lay hands on sick and they recover. Amen. Now, I have more to give, but I think you guys, some of you are tapped out, so I'm gonna maybe I'll share it some more next week on that. But I want to pray for some people. Okay? Like I said, signs follow the preaching of the word. I'm not trying to hype you up. This is the word of God. And uh, I, am, uh, I am called to teach this. I'm called to preach this. I'm called to share how your faith is good enough. Your faith is good enough. We just need to learn how to use the faith we already have to receive the things that Jesus already did. His work is a finished work. It's not something we're trying to achieve. It's something we have to receive. And we receive it by faith, just like righteousness and all the other gifts of God. Amen? So if somebody here needs healing, we're going to believe God as a family, as He is, so are we in this world, not just my faith. We are the body of Christ, amen? amen. We're going to believe God as a family for their deliverance from sickness, disease, and whatever else is tormenting their bodies, amen? amen. That's kingdom. That's right. There's, there, anything else is not the kingdom. It's just religion. Yes. Amen. amen. I'm sorry, I want to be like Jesus. I'm tired of just singing the songs and uh, Jesus loves me or whatever and having the flannel board stuff and the cutouts and reading all the cool stories of Jesus when he said the works that I do, you will do, and even greater works than he shall you do because I went to the Father, it's now your turn. Tag, you're it. You are it. You're it. You have Christ in you. I can't say this enough. We have God in us. Amen. Yeah. And when we pray in faith, we're releasing the Spirit of God, the presence of God through our hands. Through our eyes, through our love, through our smiles, through our hearts, through our generosity, through life, we release in God. Not just in these four walls, man. I, I love seeing miracles in here, but I love even more hearing about how it happened in Walmart or the grocery store. Everywhere you go, God's in you. This separation from church-state mentality is not kingdom. There is no separation from church in anything. We are the church. The most powerful force on the planet is the church. It's not any, it's not any government. It's, not any, it's, it's the government of God, but it's not the government of this world. The most powerful force is the church. And so I believe it's time, it is time, for this church, for us, for you, this commissioning service, for us to take our place as sons and daughters of God and let the kingdom of God flow through us. Amen? Amen. Amen. So if you need any prayer in your bodies for any kind of pain, sickness, disease, whatever's going on, any way the devil's been oppressing you, we want to pray for you and believe God for deliverance of pain and sickness. Amen? Yes. Amen. So anyone here need prayer? The one back there? Elizabeth? Terry? Anybody else? No? Okay, Cheryl? All right. Melanie? Anybody else? Okay. All right? Awesome. Praise God. We're the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. I'm going to pray for you guys. Hey, you guys mind standing? Just the ones that need a prayer for healing. If you need prayer for healing, just stand. Even if you didn't put your hand up before, just... You can you can do it now. Because I don't need to know what it is. God knows what it is. Thank you, Jesus. God, is not by might, not by power by the spirit of the living God. And Father, right now, we, part of your body, we take authority over sickness and disease. In Jesus' name, I bind that foul spirit of affliction. I command you to loose Elizabeth right now, in Jesus' name. Be gone, in Jesus' name. Go. I declare healing over the top of your head to the soles of your feet, in Jesus' name. Every cell be supernaturally restored. I declare life and health to your lungs. Free breath, free breathing, free breathing. Lungs be released, be increased in Jesus' name. Yes, God. Yes, God. Let the Spirit of God just fall on Elizabeth right now, I pray. Angels of plum tree, minister to her, I pray. Yes, Lord, whatever's going on with Joe. Be healed in Jesus' name. And sweet Lucy, pray for her too. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, God. These signs follow those who believe, and signs follow the preaching of the word. Pray for Melanie. Be healed in Jesus' name. And I bind those tormenting spirits in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I pray for Terry too, whatever's going on, head to foot. Just be healed in Jesus' name, from his feet to his head. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Yes, God. And God, we pray for Cheryl too, Lord. I thank you for her. We bless her in Jesus' name. And God, we take authority over this sickness. It is not from heaven. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. On earth, just like heaven. And God, we just release the kingdom to Cheryl in Jesus' name. From the top of her head, soles of her feet, be healed. In Jesus' name. Yes, God. And God, we thank you for Julia. We just bless her too in the name of Jesus. Yes, God. I bless her in the name of Jesus. Yeah. I'm going to tell you what I felt to pray a- after, but I just bless you in Jesus' name. God sees you. God knows. He hears. And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. Yes, God. Hallelujah. I pray for those who are watching. You guys can sit down if you want to or you can stand, either one. Pray for those on the live stream. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Command pain to leave your shoulders and your neck and your back. Right knee, be healed in Jesus' name. Tumors um, around your stomach area. Be healed in Jesus' name. Yes, God. Yes. Amen. Amen. Now, I know we didn't anoint with oil, like I said there, but he is the anointed one in his anointing. And uh, we can do that, too, if any of you want, particularly to be anointed with oil, we definitely can do that. Um, But yes, Jesus is our healer. He's our healer. Amen. Amen. Debbie? Could you, could you pray for uh, people with mental uh problems? I just feel a Okay. Uh, and okay. And God, we just pray for those right now that are in need of healing in the area of uh, mental health or emotional healing. God, we just pray for your kingdom to be released in their homes. In their mind, those tormenting spirits would flee from them. They would be like uh, this blank, uh, this cover or this blanket is pulled off of them. They can see clearly uh, the glorious light of the gospel. They can see clearly uh, from being delivered and set free from sickness and oppression and bondage. And just be healed, be delivered, be set free. In Jesus' name. Guys, this is what we're called to do. This is who we're called to be. And um, I'm inviting you today to sign up. It's something that's going to take a commitment. It's something you're going to have to actually put on your calendar and to make time for praying for people. It isn't going to just accidentally happen one day. You actually have to actually do it deliberately in finding people, going to their homes or... Uh, ministering to them. What I do, I'll tell you this and I'll let you go. When I go to minister to someone, I I read a bunch of scripture verses before I pray. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So I'll read four, five, six scriptures or more as the Spirit leads me to. Then we'll go through usually James 5, talk to them about that, see what's going on there, see if I feel prompted to ask them if they need to confess sin or not or whatever. And then just pray and believe God for their health. Amen. And I'm telling you, God wants you to do it. There's a reason why you're here. And the reason why God want me to share James 5 today. And uh, God wants you to minister to people. Because he loves people. and He loves you. Amen. 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 Will you guys stand? I'm going to pray and dismiss you. Like I said, I have more from James 5 to share. I'll, I'll share it next time. But God, I pray that you'd help us believe that you really do love us. About every aspect of our life that you care, that you love. God, I pray for healing of hearts, God, that have suffered loss, that have prayed the best they knew how, and they prayed whatever, they prayed the prayer of faith and things didn't work out the way they wanted to. I pray that for healing of their hearts from that disappointment and pain. But I pray, God, you help us to rise above that and press on to new heights, new, new places with, with you, God, what you call calling us to do. God, I thank you for the anointing of healing that's on this house. It's your design. It's your design. And I pray you'd raise people up in this body, God, that uh, are gifted in that area, that help encourage others to do this, and minister to people, releasing the love of God everywhere we go. And so, God, I just thank you for each one here. They're here for a reason. You want them to hear this. And I bless them in Jesus' name. I thank you for them. Amen. Amen. You guys are dismissed. If you need more prayer or uh, want to be anointed with oil, just come see me and we'll have people pray for you.